What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Next Level Minds. Today, we're going to be sitting with my buddy, Mike, who is originally from Ohio, transplanted to Charlotte via Atlanta. He's a first-generation immigrant, went to school in Ohio, and that's really when his entrepreneurial journey came about. You know, he started off in the income tax preparation business. I'm really excited for you guys to just get filled with some value today on his entrepreneurial journey. Thanks again for listening, and welcome back to another episode of Next Level Minds. It's uh, awesome to have you out here on the podcast, man. Thanks again for coming out. Thank you. Yep, yep, definitely. So, you know, based on that background I just gave, obviously you know yourself a lot better than I do. Um, What's some things you really want the listeners out there and the audience to hear about you? Just some things you can add. All right, well, like you said, um, I'm originally from Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Um, My family migrated to um, Columbus, Ohio from a small country in East Africa called Eritrea. Uh, they were fleeing war, so they came here as refugees. Wow. Um, so, you know, I was actually born in the United States, so um, I didn't get the experience of traveling here. I probably wouldn't remember it anyway, because I would have been a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's something about me. Um, like I said, I grew up there, uh, lived in North Carolina, actually, for a brief period, back and mm-hmm. forth between there and Ohio. Um, ended up going to graduate high school and going to undergrad at a school called Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio. Okay. Uh, that didn't work out the way I wanted it to. I ended up transferring back to a school in Columbus, Ohio called Franklin University, which is more of a business-oriented small university, private school. And, um, yeah, man, that's kind of kind of a little bit about me. I'm married. Yeah. Uh, just got married in 2015. My wife is kind of the reason why I'm in Charlotte now. Her okay. job is what moved us here. And so far, it hasn't been too bad. Man, I still got to meet your wife, by the way. It, it'll <laughs> the happen. Unicorn? Yeah, the unicorn <laughs> wife. It, it'll happen soon, right? Right? Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Well, hey, I, I wanted to just dive in, really, and just ask you some really main questions that I'm sure our audience w- would love to hear. Um, by the way, that's a b- great background on all your stuff that you've been. seems like you moved around a lot, but I'm sure you like Charlotte a lot right I now. I do. Um, but, hey, what initially got you started uh, in your career that you're in now and kind of your, your history with entrepreneurship? Okay, so as far as I can remember, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was a kid. Like I, you know, sometimes we have, you know, deadlines on when we want to accomplish things in our lives. Like women want to get married at a certain age or have a child at a certain age. For me, it was, I wanted to have my own business by the time I was 25. And as I got older, the age kind of starting to get closer and I kind of got discouraged, like thinking, man, this might not happen. But um, I was a finance major, like I said, in Columbus, Ohio, at Franklin University. Uh, really close family friend of mine, almost referred to him as a cousin, brother. Um, he had franchised into an income tax preparation company. And um, it's crazy because he had, I guess he had an employee that might have quit or didn't show up for training or yeah. something happened. And he needed an extra body. Okay, wow. Wow. <laughs> so he calls me up. He's like, Mike, I need you. And I'm like, I don't think I can do it. You know, I'm in school now. I'm focused. Things didn't go out the way I wanted to when I was in Dayton at Wright State. You know, I don't want to let my family down. I got to focus on my school. He's like, dude, 
just come on. I'll let you miss nights whenever you have classes or whatever. I just need a body. I'm like, cool. How much are you paying me? He's like, don't worry. I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. Pretty easy job. I showed up. I didn't really take it as serious because I didn't know too much about it. Um, probably shouldn't say that since I was filing people's taxes. <laughs> but um, it, was, it was a learning process, you know. Um, there really isn't any requirements for filing taxes except, you know, you can go get a certification and go to H&R Block class yeah. or something like that. But it's not like, oh, you need an accounting degree or a finance degree or anything like that. So it's really a skill that anyone can learn and become proficient at. And that's kind of what happened with me. So that was my introduction to the company, to the business. And then... Afterwards, I kind of took a liking to it because I realized that this guy was only working three, four months out of the year. Mm. And I asked my sister, so what do you do the rest of the year? Yeah. He said, man, I make enough money to last the whole year. Wow. So I'm like, bet. That's, yeah. that's what I want to do. Right, right. <laughs> you know, that's what I want to do. So I'm seeing the way he lives. You know, he's traveling, vacationing, hanging out all the time. You know, he was in his probably mid to late 20s at that time. Let me see, that was in 2008, so I was probably about 21 or 22 years old at the time. So, you know, I looked up to him, and I was like, you know, this is what I want to do. And then there was a speaking engagement probably a few months thereafter where the CEO of the company was a speaker. Mm, So I got to meet the CEO of the company, and I introduced myself to him, and I said, how can I get involved in a company? And uh, he's like, well, do you have any experience? I said, well, I worked with so-and-so franchisee in Columbus, Ohio. He's like, oh, that's great. He was like, um, you, I'll probably recommend that you work another tax season. And we have a, um, a program called Work to Z. Okay. Where you can work and then become a franchisee. So they call franchisees. They call them Zs. Yeah. So it's called a Work to Z program. I said, all right, cool. So we exchanged emails. Um, he sent me an email saying um, these are some people that I really recommend you know he took a liking to me and said I want you to go work with these people they're going to teach you the ropes of this business Mm. and then after you're done there you should be ready to be on your own all right so I'm like where is this where are these people yeah (laughs) come to find out they're in Las Vegas Nevada oh wow yeah so imagine that I'm like 22 21 years old I'm a few classes away from graduation and I had to explain to my mom that this is what I wanted to do because right. my degree was a, I was uh, in a business management administration, mm-hmm. which is which I thought was going to get me to becoming a business owner, and I was already getting the opportunity right. without the degree. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, mom, like this is what I'm going to school for, and I'm getting an opportunity without having to finish my school. Like mm-hmm. I can always finish my school all the time, but you don't get opportunities like yeah. this all the time. Yeah. So she was like, all right. Go ahead. It's kind of crazy because most people probably wouldn't ask their parents for permission, but I was living with her at the time. So right. I to. <laughs> and respect type of thing. Yeah, on side of things. Yeah. 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 You got to get in with moms. So I go to Las Vegas and I was there from, they started, they had a pretty tight run operate. Yeah. Now, uh, now, were you like scared to take that risk to go to Las Vegas at the time or was it like, hey, we got it? Or, uh, I was scared because yep. that was probably. <clears throat> You know, I've traveled a little bit at that time. You know, I was still young, so I didn't travel as much. Mm-hmm. But I had never really gone anywhere for longer than a weekend. Oh, wow. Well, I'll take that back. I had went to visit Eritrea, which is where my parents are from, yep. in the summer of 2006. So I was gone for about two months. But I was just a kid, and my parents were with me. Yeah. So. And, and how long were you in Vegas for then? 
I was there from these, like basically Thanksgiving mm. all the way up until the end of tax season. I think I might have waited until May. So about almost six months. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So the 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 operators of that uh, franchise there was a married couple, and they actually took me in and let me live with them. Okay. So I lived with them. They provided me with a car. They, um, you know, they paid me pretty well. Didn't have to pay any bills or anything. Probably just pay for my food and gas in the car. But sometimes they'd give me gas money as well. Mm-hmm. So it was just an amazing experience. I learned so much. I managed an office that did about 1,200 returns, uh, which is a lot. That's about, yeah. if I do the math real quick, it's about over half a million dollars in revenue. Wow. For the office that I managed. And that was for how many months out of the year? Just about, uh, I mean, tax season is four months from January until April 15th. Yep, yep, that's right. So yeah, so the office did a lot of, did a lot of revenue. Yeah, <laughs> so, so based on that background, like, you said your goal was 25, right? Yeah. So why was that kind of the age number for you? Like, did you always have that in your mind? Was that your favorite number? Or? No, it was just because I figured, all right, I graduated high school at 18. Yeah. I finished high school. I mean, college within four to five years. I was 22, 23 years old. Get my life figured out within those two or three years. And by 25, I should be able to, you know, be, a, be a, an owner. Yeah. That's how I, you know, I wanted to map it out that way. Right. And then one thing I need you guys to know, any aspiring um, entrepreneurs, most things aren't going to go the way you plan them out. Mm. Mm. They're not. The number one key to entrepreneurism, entrepreneurship, I must just say, is being able to adjust. Mm. Gotcha. And adapt. Because things are going to change. Things change all the time. Yeah. You know, like I always tell people, and some people don't realize it, as an entrepreneur, you might have a day where you make ten thousand dollars yeah then you might have a day where you make twenty dollars wow no two days are the same in entrepreneurship yeah you know yeah no two days are the same i'm sure any entrepreneur can attest to that mm. every day you wake up there's going to be a new surprise whether it's an employee that's quitting or an employee that's calling off or yeah the printer breaks down or the electric gets cut because you forgot to pay a bill Oof. and it's not because you didn't have the money it's just because you got so much going stuff on. going on yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, so, so would you say that, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs out there, people trying to start their own company, would you say that they're kind of born with that adaptation side of themselves or do they kind of learn that more as they go? It's, it's all experience. Yeah. Okay. Experience is the best, man, it's the best, I man, I don't even know, it's just the best. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's it's nothing like straight to the point. Like, yeah, yeah. The more, the more you learn the more confident you will be and the more confident you'll be, the better results you'll see. Mm, gotcha. That makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. So I know you touched on like adapting various things like that in your environment. Like what are some really just like close call situations you have? I know every entrepreneur deals with failures or close calls. Like Man, sometimes I've, they're, they're funny to me. Sometimes they're actually <laughs> serious. Like what are some ones you had? I'm sure you've had them. There's so many. Uh, the one thing actually, I actually have, I have some good ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the very first trouble that I had was, so after my experience in Las Vegas, yeah. my first franchise opportunity came in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, it was a new market for the company. Sent me out there. Like I said, I was, uh, tw- at that time, I believe I was 23 years old. I didn't even have a car. Wow. I didn't have a car. I subleased, I subleased someone's apartment. I actually got it for a pretty good deal. 
And then the one thing that I just did not take in consideration because I thought I was going to go and rent a car. Yeah. Well, when you rent a car, there's a fee if you're not 25. Right. And it's I, a big fee, too. Yeah. <laughs> the fee was more than the price of the car. Okay. And I just couldn't afford it. Yep. You I don't think I told you this story yet. Uh. <laughs> Man, so um, I had a lot of stuff that was sent to me. A... Um, like my computer desk because I ordered it all through the franchise system or whatnot. So yeah, yeah, I had like a lot of well, I had three locations, but it was like inside of a CheckSmart type of deal. Gotcha. Where I was doing taxes in there, and um, they, uh, you know, I'm getting all my stuff, my computers, my chairs, everything. So I had to go get a U-Haul. Yeah. To pick up the equipment, so I pick up the equipment. Shout out to my boy D. He was with me there because <laughs> he came from Columbus with me to work with me. Uh, to help me out because he had a little bit of experience in the company as well and filing taxes so he came out with me it was his first time leaving Columbus as well and uh, I got the U-Haul truck and D is like Mike won't you just keep the U-Haul truck I'm like what you mean <laughs> he's like we just gonna ride around in the U-Haul truck yeah he was like think about it he's like there's no fee for being under 25 and it's only eighteen ninety nine a day. And he was like, and if there was a situation where you did need to lug anything or carry, you know, to haul anything, you have it as well. It's like, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? At this point, we don't really have an option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't even have an option right now. So I literally rented out a U-Haul for about two months. No way. Because it was way... If you did the math, like, so if you get a rental car, it's like, what, 20 bucks, 30 bucks a day? Yeah. And then with the fee, it's another like, 25. Yeah, so now we're up to like $60, 70 yeah. tax. Now I just got a U-Haul truck for eighteen ninety. It's yeah. nineteen something like that. You know, they have like 20, price 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah, give or take. Right, a week or whatnot. So I'm like, cool, this is what we're doing. <laughs> so it was me and him. And there was another young lady that was working with us as well. She came to help out. And uh, we were all living in this apartment together. Yeah. And we li- I literally rode around. Like, I remember one time somebody came in my office like, hey, you Mike? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you the guy to drive a U-Haul truck that's doing taxes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. Come on. So that's, and that's what it was. Like, we were pulling up into our apartment at the end of the night in a U-Haul truck. Pulling up into the office, dropping yeah. off at their locations in a U-Haul truck. So, so with and that, that was like, just that was just adapted with my situation. Yeah, and so you adapted and you just embraced it, right? Got to. Because I think a lot of times young entrepreneurs, they're afraid to kind of eat shit and be humble for a little bit, oh, right? Yeah, man. Hot pockets for lunch every day. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what, what goes back to trust in the process, mm-hmm. believing it in the process, right? Got to. Yeah, yeah. Got okay. Uh, I'd like to. I could quote him. I'm a paraphrase. Yeah, yeah. Word for word, but rest in peace in Nipsey Hussle. He said, mm. he said everything is a marathon. You know, nothing, okay. It's not a sprint. And he was like, and when you're taking this marathon, don't skip no steps because if you skip a step, you skip a lesson. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I thought that was, and that was, and I could really relate to that because just something as small as having a vehicle that we take for granted. Like, that was a situation that could have make or break my business. Yeah. Just not being mobile. Right. And you adapted to the situation, did what you had to do. And learned a lesson out of it, man. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Learned a lesson out of it. Definitely. So, when you were in your first, like, initial phases, um, I mean, obviously, you had a strong mindset through it. What what are kind of just, like, three things you would say? I mean, I know that... um, 
keeping a strong mindset can be really hard when you're eating shit for a little bit. Yeah. You know, especially when you see some of your friends out there living, you know, the quote unquote high life and you're over here eating hot pockets, driving around <laughs> a U-Haul truck, right? Yeah. So what are those like three, you know, mindset, your mindset's the greatest strength, right? So what's kind of some things you can, you can implement, right? Uh, yeah. So there's a few things, like I said, in the first one, I don't even, I don't even count this as one or three. It's just one that just, you know, I already talked about is just adapting. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whatever the situation is, uh, there's another quote, I think it was by John Wood and said, things turn out Things turn out best for those who make the best of the way things turn out. Mm. You know, sometimes a lot of things are out of our control. Yeah. But what we do have control of is our reaction to it. Mm. So with that being said, you know, just adapt and whatever it is you got to do, just make it happen. Like, yeah. <laughs> you got to do it. Right. So um, one of the three things, um, always try to challenge yourself to learn something new, to be more efficient. And try to minimize errors. Yeah. You know, like just challenge yourself to doing that because efficiency is very key. It's not always about um, what you do. Sometimes it's how you do it. Mm. And there's always a smarter way to do something. Right. Don't ever think you outsmart a situation because there's always someone that can come in and outsmart you and do it better, quicker, faster, faster. However you want to put it. Right, yeah, business, right? It's the mm-hmm. ultimate competitive sport. Someone's always trying to beat you. Always stay on top of your toes because there's someone that's waiting for you to to fall back and they're going to jump in. And jump right in there, yep. Yep. Uh, another thing is uh, having a good support system mm. and understanding that um, you can't do anything alone. Yeah. You know, there's this thing that's going on right uh, this thing that's going on around now about being self-made or I mm. did it on my own. And that's just not fair because everyone has had some help one way or another. Yeah. Even if it's just a phone call. Yeah. So I don't believe in the whole, oh, self-made, I did this on my own, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. No, you did not. Yeah, right. (laughs) No, you did not. Why do you think that is? Do you think people are just, like, selfish? Or do you think people like having that type of, like, bragging rights? Yeah, all it is is bragging rights. And it it sounds good. But really, like I said, it's a... a, um, it's offensive to those who've helped you. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, man, I helped this guy. I bought this guy lunch a few times. This guy asked me for $20 for gas or whatever, or I loaned him this or that, or, like, they're, I'm pretty sure at one point or another, someone has had some help. I was just reading about the guy from Amazon that got a divorce or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> they said, they read an article that said, Oh, he's basically giving his wife $35 million to go away. But his wife was actually a part of the company. Right. She did some things in the right. company. Right, yeah. So any honor or respect that he gets, she rightfully deserves it too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, Bezos can't say he did it on his own. Because mm, he had that support he system. He had that support system. And it's very, very important to have that. You got to have somebody you trust that you can talk to, reach out to. Because there's going to be times where you want to give up. Mm. And just be like, man, this is not worth it. It's not paying out. You know, I can't help my family. I can't help my wife. I can't help my kids. Yeah. Or I feel like I'm being, um, like, I heard an obstacle to people more than I am being helpful. Yeah. And whatnot. But guess what? It's not always going to be like that because, like we say, two days are not the same. Mm. Makes sense. Who – so, like, your support system, you know, if you don't mind me asking, who was that really um, when you first started 
so your, uh, your company. The company I was a part of, we were pretty tight-knit. Yeah. I had a decent relationship with my CEO where I could shoot him a text message or an email, and he'd prompt, promptly okay. respond. You know, if he didn't respond right away, at least within 24 hours. Yeah. Um, and then there were other fellow franchisees, and then my number one supporter has always been my wife. Okay. I mean, she wasn't my wife at the time. She was my girlfriend. Yeah. But she's always been supporting me from day one, whether it was, you know... Um, she, you know, she's been a student for a very long time. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and she'd had some time off of school, like her winter breaks or whatnot, which is around the time I prepared for my starting my tax season. She'd always come in and just do all types of tasks, even without me asking. Yeah, like, cookie know? the hot pockets <laughs> that you were eating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but not even just that, dude. Like, you know, just when the mail comes in and she sees it, she picks it up and she'll oh, wow. pick up a bill herself. Or okay. if I run out of ink in the office, she go run and buy some ink or some paperwork or she do all the processing paperwork for payroll mm. and things like that. You know, just some tedious things that I felt like I could have and I should have been doing on my own. When really there was no way I could have I done it on my own. Right. At all. Right. And trust your employees, man. And I always tell people, hire smart people. Hire people that are smarter than you. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's the key. That's the most important thing. That's the difference between a good entrepreneur and a great entrepreneur mm. is understanding that it's okay to hire someone that's smarter than you. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like sometimes CEOs and founders, yeah. et cetera, uh, like I'm the smartest, I'm the best one out there, but it's like, that yeah. goes back to being humble, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. And always being a student. You're a student first. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can never stop learning. You should never stop learning. Yeah. Well, so I know I asked you this actually the other night. We weren't even recording. We were actually just chilling. I think we were smoking a cigar outside right. or something. You know, a lot of um, <clears throat> entrepreneurs, especially, you know, younger generation entrepreneurs, right, they, they feel behind. Um, so, so, like, what's something, a value add, something, advice that you can give for people who feel behind? Um, I know you mentioned to me some good things the other night. Um, you know, obviously social media is hard because you're going on there, you're strolling on the news feed and you're seeing these guys, the Lamborghinis, everything. So what's something that you can do starting out that you don't feel super behind and you feel like you're actually gaining traction? Um, that's, that's, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, cause when I started, I think fa- Facebook was around, mm. Instagram wasn't around yet. Yeah. Um, Twitter might've been around, there was definitely no Snapchat, things like that. But um, it's hard nowadays, Yeah, Chris, man. Like, I mean, sometimes I scroll on my Instagram. I'm just like, wow, so-and-so is doing this, so-and-so is doing that. And then it kind of makes you feel like you're falling behind. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, like I tell my nieces and nephews that call me for advice and I always tell them, man, you got to have tunnel vision. You got to put your horse blinders on. Okay. You know, you see when the horses are in the race and they're going to Kentucky Derby or whatnot those things in their eyes, the reason why they have them there is so that they can stay focused on the track okay, and not look at the horses to the left or right. Because if they start looking to the left or right, they'll get distracted. Mm. So you got to stay full force, you know, tunnel vision forward. Yeah. Not worrying about what anybody else is doing. Stay the course and nothing can stop you. Right, right. Just stay focused on the bigger picture. Stay focused on the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah. Stop comparing yourself to others because you don't know their story. Mm. You don't know what it took to get there. Right. You know, like a lot of times we see people's destinations, but we don't see their journey. Mm. And that's one thing that I wish would change, especially with fellow entrepreneurs all over the world, is, you know, we broadcast our destination. Like, you know, once we've made it to that successful point, 
but we don't document or share what it took to get there. Get there, yeah. You don't document when you were sitting <clears throat> on the floor. You don't document when you were eating McDonald's three times a day. Yeah. You know, but you will you you'll post night and day eating steaks at all these you fine know, restaurants. Yeah. Private jet, <laughs> yeah, bottle private service. Jet, you, yeah, they didn't they didn't post when they were in flying coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And, that, and that's part of the process. Like I said, man, if you don't if you skip those processes, you skip lessons. Yeah. I just wish now that you know, any fellow entrepreneurs that are listening, like document and share those stories because that's actually what made you who you are yeah yeah definitely definitely man a hundred percent yeah damn man it sounds like you had a crazy story you definitely had a lot of value you can add i i know firsthand you've been through it all um yeah. on your process um you know i know that what our listeners would love i mean what's some final advice you could really give i know you touched on the whole tunnel vision thing but yeah what's some final advice that that you could really um, put out there like i said it's just understanding that you're a forever student. Okay. You know, don't ever feel like you've learned it all. Yeah. There's always more to learn. Mm. There's always more to learn. Yeah. We, we can never know it all. Right. Especially nowadays, the way technology is evolving, there's so much to learn. Like, you know, we were just talking about how you learn how to do this stuff on your phone. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a learning it's, process. Yeah, everything is a learning process. Always be a student. Um, the tunnel vision has got to, you know, got to be very important in your process as well yep stop focusing on what other people are doing focus on yours yep it's your journey not theirs their mm. journey is theirs not yours yeah okay and one thing that i think a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs in our day are failing to do is make the big sacrifice mm. you gotta make a sacrifice you know whether it's sleep fun Hanging out. Uh, sometimes even, you know, you might not be the son that you want to be. You might not be yeah. the boyfriend you aspire to be or the husband you aspire to be or the uncle or whatever it may be. But that's okay because all that is temporary. Mm. You know, find what it, you know, once you found what it is that you want to do. Yeah. You just got to go in. Yeah. Man, that's that's hundred percent. Sacrifices yeah. are real, man. I haven't been out in like a month, to be honest. Cause, I already know. You know, I've been out Jeez. here grinding on this. So you just got off work and straight jumping to this. Still in the suit, right? <laughs> what is it almost eight p.m. right now? Yeah, yeah, man, a hundred percent. Well, hey guys, uh, thanks again for listening. You know, as I mentioned, Mike's gone through a lot of stuff. Uh, he added a lot of value on this episode. Um, if you guys have any questions or just for myself or Mike, I'll give out my personal Instagram. It's Chris Chap Chap. My emails. Chris Chapman, SC at gmail.com. Mike, where can you be reached out? I'm sure people may have some questions for you. My Instagram, uh, man, I'm not really too good with it, but I know yeah. it's Mike, M-I-K-E underscore M-A-K-E-L-E, Michele. Yep. So you can follow me there. Um, I'm taking a little short break hiatus. On oh, that, yeah, got, got to, got to. It, but I'll be right back at it. And actually, you can start looking for some more motivational Instagram stories on there because that's what I'm okay. doing soon as well, sharing my story with more people. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Well, hey guys, thanks again for listening. This is another episode of Next Level Minds. As I always like to say here, your mindset is your greatest weapon for the battle of success. We'll be tuned in again. Keep listening out there. Once again, Chris Chap Chap, you can hit me up with any questions on the DM. And thanks again for listening. <laughs>